Hey, what's going on, guys? This is the Leafs Convo podcast for Vanguard Northeast Realty in Scarborough, vanguardany.ca. I'm Norman James, along with Mike Augello. If you're in Canada, happy May 2-4 long weekend. If you're in the United States, no real holiday for you, but the big one is coming up. Mr. A, what's going on? Good morning, Norman. Uh, yeah, well, it's a holiday in Toronto because the uh, the Raptors won yesterday and the Marlies come back for three games this week. So it's, uh, I guess, Eastern Conference final week in Toronto. Yeah, that Raptor game was crazy. Pascal Siakam needed to make just one of two free throws and he wasn't able to do that. He apologized to Kawhi Leonard who took over the game and Kawhi's a special player. Do you think he has an equal in the NHL? Oh, yeah. I mean... He's not the best player in basketball. I mean, but he's one of the best. So, I mean, you could make a comparison to, you know, to Austin Matthews. I mean, I think, I think Leonard Leonard's a few years older, but I think, I mean, Matthews is a top 10 player in this league. And I think Kawhi is a top 10 NBA. I I guess trying to equate the basketball and hockey. I mean, you can, but basketball, one guy can essentially take over the game and win it for you in hockey. You can have a one player be dominant, but you still need a goaltender. You still need the collective. Well, the roster in the NBA is about ha- a little over half NHL roster. But as you said, a player or two can make a difference. And a player or two can make a difference difference in the NHL. But as you see from the playoffs right now, you have teams that are fourth lines are extremely important. So you're talking 12 deep at forward, six deep at defense. You know, you really need more of a team concept in hockey and the individual can stand out more in the NBA. Yeah, and you need your bench in the NBA, especially at this time of the season. So it is apples and oranges. OGs, Converse, hate listeners, what do you think? Kawhi? Is he the basketball version of Austin Matthews and is AM34 the hockey version of Kawhi? The Checkers and Marlies all locked up at one in their conference final, coming back for three. So they do the 2-3-2 two, two in the AHL. I love, I love that league. It still reminds me of the WHL, just doing you know, weird hockey things in a contemporary form. From the way I understand it, it's more for travel purposes because if you did the two two one 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 as the NHL does, you know you're adding an, an extra an extra trip back and forth. Mm-hmm. So uh, for for monetary reasons, I mean, not that the you know Toronto uh, would be financially strapped, but most of the other organizations don't want to foot the travel bill for True. Uh, an extra an extra trip during in in may or june for the conference final or for the uh, calder cup final so it was that way with texas last year one two three two so um but to to the to the series uh the it is a little bit disappointing. I mean, you, you know, the the Marlies were perf- perfect at eight and zero, and had a three nothing lead in the second period in game two, mm-hmm. and basically to, and basically took the foot off the gas pedal and allowed a really good Charlotte team to get back in the series. And now it's going to be a challenge to uh, for the Marlies to be able to win three games and at home and not have to go back to Charlotte to uh, finish out the series. At this point of the season, with four teams left in the league. And- and these clubs, these players, these coaching staffs, having gone through what they've gone through to this point, can a momentum swing like that throw one of these groups off kilter and essentially send the other through to the final? It, it's very possible. I mean, I mean, the, the Marlies were not dominating that game, but they had the game well in control. Um, 
Charlotte pulled their goaltender Alex Njelkovic and then pull and put in Dustin Tokarski, mm-hmm. who for a lot of Marley's fans will remember <laughs> he was the he was the goalie that beat them uh as a Norfolk Admiral goaltender back in twenty twelve. Wasn't he the so, Habs great white hope for a couple seconds too? Well yeah, after after uh, Chris, after Chris Kreider took out Carey Price's yeah. knee and he basically had nobody other than Dustin Tokarski. But but yeah, so I mean I mean that's I mean he's you know, he's a veteran goaltender. I, I would assume that Charlotte's going to go back to him in game three. Um, and he's a veteran guy. So that's a state sort of a stabilizing force. And they are, they were really, they were the best team in the AHL last year. Like the Marlies were the year before. Uh, and they have a lot of good young talents like Martin Neckish, who's a top uh, first round pick of the hurricanes. Jake Bean who's probably going to be in the NHL next year. They have, they have some real good talent. So it's, it's going to be a, a tough series for the Marlies. Yeah. Regardless of the outcome of this series, checkers Marlies, it's been a nice little run for the hurricanes organization getting plastered by the Bruins in the NHL Eastern Conference Final. But they got there, and the Leafs didn't. We can talk about how the Bruins are going to win another Stanley Cup here in a couple of minutes, too. Plus, we're going to get to a few of your questions. Michael, the momentum swing is a thing. Tampa had a 3-0 lead on Columbus to start the Stanley Cup playoffs. They gave it up, and they couldn't bounce back. We, we opened this podcast talking about Milwaukee and Toronto, NBA Eastern Conference Final. Milwaukee took the first two games in um, Wisconsin. I I wonder if going through the double overtime and not being able to close the Raptors out and take a 3-0 series lead, which would have been commanding, and they probably would have won the series after that, not closing it out, giving the Raptors life. It's more than just life. Yeah, I mean, you you saw it in that Boston-Carolina series in game one. Carolina was leading 2-1 after two periods. Boston comes out and scores, I think it was a couple power play goals early in the third. And from that point on, uh, Boston had the momentum and the confidence, and Carolina Mm -hmm. seemed to crumble. So, um, I mean... The thing with the Marlies is that they're a very young team, and I know that uh, Sheldon Keefe, after the game, tried to sell it as well. You know, this is this is a valuable learning experience because it it's going to prove to our players that you can't be complacent, you can't get careless, and they they got careless. And I mean, the goals were were pretty odd. I mean, one, the the winning goal, uh, which uh, I think was Andrew Pataro. Podolarski scored uh, late in the third period, went off Borgman's leg. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's a, when you when you have those sort of bad breaks, it, it just happens. And you know you can't really you can't really uh, rip the the Marlies for the loss because they yeah. had won eight in a row. But it was a very leaf like collapse, leading by three goals middle of the second period, and then losing five three. That's something that you don't want to make a habit of. Yeah, I would never rip the Marlies in. Almost any circumstance, it's the development team. I just want to see these guys get their asses up to the Maple Leafs and help them and their Stanley Cup drought. If they bounce back in game three and play well throughout the rest of the series, if this thing goes seven and they win or lose, game two is what it is. But if they lose the next three and succumb to the checkers in this series, we'll talk about the psychology of that failure and the inability for a team to bounce back from it, Mike. It's true. We've seen it with Boston. This is a team that's on fire. And whether it's St. Louis or San Jose, I want San Jose to win for obvious reasons. Logan Couture, Jumbo Joe. But I don't know. Boston, 
the way they're playing, they could beat anybody in any sport, in any era. That team just has so much confidence right now, and that just comes down to the fact that they're, they're playing well and one win seems to beget the next and compound that success with confidence. You look at how close the Leafs came yep. to beating the Bruins. True. And that and that, ha- and that has to be something that I think is going to stick in the craw of Leaf fans all summer, especially if the Bruins go on to win the Stanley Cup. They had this team down one nothing. That's okay, but, you know, that's early in the series. They had them down 2-1 with a chance to go up 3-1 mm-hmm. at home. They didn't take advantage of it. They had him up. They, they were up three to two and had a chance to step on their neck and kill them. And they let them go. And that's a failure of the organization. And even Brendan Shanahan, when he was doing the rounds last week after he signed his six year extension, said, you know, I want that to be painful because that's that was a lack of success. And now, you know, it, it, it'll make it sweeter when this team, you know, has victories. But right now in the here and now. It, it doesn't feel like they'll ever win because they haven't won a round in, four, in 15 years. Yeah, so you can say the Leafs have given the Boston Bruins the best run for their money in these playoffs so far. They didn't win game six, and when they didn't win game six, the series was over. Mike Babcock right. didn't do the team any favors. When he was the magician who needed to pull the rabbit out of the hat in game seven, he failed huge in game seven. But the team didn't win game six. You were up one Nothing. Leading the series three games to two. You scored the first goal at home. And then what? That's what's going to piss me off for the rest of the song. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk. You know, Mike, if we fast forward a year and the Leafs lose again to Boston or whomever, we're still going to talk about game six in Toronto. Leafs up in the series three games to two. Winning one nothing in that game. What happened? DJ Olenek on Twitter. Did you guys hear about the Colin Miller rumors? Apparently the Golden Knights and Leafs are working on a trade for this right-handed defenseman. What are your thoughts? Well, Colin Miller, there's a connection, a Sault Ste. Marie connection. He's from Sault Ste. Marie. He played for the Greyhounds for three years. And there's a connection going back to 2017 when he was a member of the Bruins and I was at the NHL draft in Chicago. And before the expansion draft, there was a lot of talk about the Leafs trading for Miller uh, trading with Boston before he was claimed in the expansion draft by Vegas. Mm -hmm. Now he had a 41 point season uh, the year that the golden Knights made the cup final. He had a bad year this year. Didn't play as much. I don't think, I don't think he played much in the playoffs. So there's some sort of falling out of favor there. Um, It would make sense, but with the Leafs right now, any move requires another move to clear salary. So I, you know, is this a, is it possible? Sure. Um, But they, you know, Vegas is in cap jail right now. So they're looking to alleviate their cap problems. And unless the Leafs can move out a salary to bring in a Colin Miller, because they need, need every dollar that they have right now to re-sign their three restricted free agents. I don't know how they're going to be able to do it, but it does make sense. It does add up and there's going to be a need for right shot defensemen, um, especially, you know, with the talk of them possibly trading Nikita Zaitsev. Uh, I know that he was on the TSN trade bait list along with Connor Brown. I, I don't see them trading Zaitsev unless they have a replacement right, right shot defenseman. And, you know, they have to get at least two of them 
Uh, and I don't know where they're coming from, but Colin Miller could be a potential option. Are the Leafs going to bring back someone, or are they going to bring back someone of substance, a player of impact? I don't know how you bring back a player of real impact by sending out Nikita Zaitsev or Connor Brown. If it's a package plus picks, then we could be talking. Professor Monty on the YouTube community platform, our buddy, Nylander, currently second place in points at the Worlds. Please, Mike, mm-hmm. let's not go on about it too much. It's ridiculous. No, but, but, no, no, no but, but does this increase his trade value at all? And you were talking about the hindrance of bringing players in based on the cap situation, clearly moving Nylander to another team mm-hmm. would help. Does his all-world showing at the Worlds increase mm-hmm. his trade value? I seem to think it doesn't really matter, but... I'm one of the few people who thought his trade value wasn't was not affected adversely by the bad two-thirds of a season with nah, the Leafs because no every every everybody, you know, realized he came, he came in missing training camp, missing the first couple months and was inserted right in the lineup, and that was sort of, you know, not a great judge of what uh-huh. he was going to be. He scored he scored 60 points two years in a row. He's, you know, he's a he's a top six forward. He's a really good, speedy, complimentary winger. I mean, his value is out there, and teams need speed and teams need scoring. So it's not like his value plummeted. I, the, the concern I have, and we'll talk about this going forward, is if he has another bad year, then his value will be affected. So I think right now, with their cap concerns, with the, the Janssen, Kappen, and Marner concerns in terms of a new contract, this is the right time to trade Nealander and get a good value for him. Oh, boy, Kyle Dubas, he's one of my favorites. If he were to make a bold move like that and bring back something of substance – a player of substance and ruffle the fan base because he believes in the team more than just what people think of him. Uh, That guy, I'd put him on a pedestal. It remains to be seen how it it all plays out. And regardless of Nylander's presence here or elsewhere, I don't care. I want to see the team succeed. And as I've said over and over again, the Leafs mean more to me than Leafs. And that goes for Marner, Nylander, Matthews. You know what I'm saying? I just want to see this team do well. And whoever is on it and whoever helps this team succeed, I'm I'm all for it. Our buddy, Ronaldo Brown, is it time to name a captain? Does the captain give a team an identity? Not, not anymore. I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they, I think they will name a captain. I think it's probably going to be Austin yeah, Matthews. It, it will. It should. I think but, it should actually. Right, but does it? You know, does it give the team an identity? No. I mean, you know, I think it's all about a leadership group, and I think you know Matthews, which I expect will happen. Uh, you know, he'll be the the guy front and center and talking to the media, but it doesn't mean that Morgan Riley or John Tavares or Mitch Marner or any of those guys will have less of a role in terms of being a leader. So I, I think it's more cosmetic than anything. And you know, uh, Center Sports or uh, you know all the apparel places in Toronto better stock up on a white and blue seas to sew to Matthews jerseys pretty soon. Where's everybody getting their money to buy this stuff? Try having a family and a big house and a, and a mortgage and all that crazy sh- SHID. <laughs> we, it's not in the budget for, for us, but uh, if it is for everyone else, God bless you. Go hard or go flaccid.
Mm. (laughs) he's our buddy on twitter he's a supporter of the podcast i don't care what you call yourself as long as you call the leafs combo one of your favorite um leafs listening outposts then i'm I'm good with you what would be the most disastrous move that dubas could make this offseason that's a good question trading mitch marner I, I think that would be the, I mean, that would mean they, that Marner's agent and the Leafs have painted themselves into a corner and there's a possibility of an offer sheet. And if they see that, then, uh, you know, a trade would be the only option. I think that would be the most disastrous. Do I think it's going to happen? No, because the conversations are going on right now. And I truly believe that Mitch Marner wants to be a Leaf. Now, the question is, will he try to extract every dollar possible out of the Leafs? He may try, but I think that you know, it's going to be it's going to be more reasonable than people think. I think he's going to make over ten million dollars a year. He's going to be one of the highest paid wingers in the league. But I don't think he's going to be the equal of Tavares or, or Matthews on his new deal. Uh-huh. But I, I think it would be disastrous if they had to trade. Marner. Yeah, but Marner doesn't score five on five. And John Tavares has really made him the player who he is today. And I, I really buy that. <laughs> like we're, we're, we're trying to have just fun. just. Yeah, just like I just like I buy that that Jeremy Brocco is not an NHLer because his Corsi four numbers are bad. I mean, give me a friggin' break. You know what? He's up and coming. He's knocking at the door, and the incumbent, the the favorite, the one everybody adores. You know, all they want to do is protect their guy, and if their guy helps this team win a Stanley Cup, he's my guy too. Uh, we're we're doubling back a little bit here, and we're almost done. But uh, Ryan Smith, hey guys, what do you think happens with Patrick Marlowe? Well, I mean, the funny thing is, is that it's really up to Patrick Marlowe. He's got the whip hand. He could, if he wants to retire, he could do that. And I don't think the Leafs would complain, although I think they would miss his leadership. Um, if he wants to stay, he's going to stay. And, and this, this is the thing where, where the Leafs may have some influence here is, you know, if he wants to stay, they may tell him, well, Patrick, you know, you're 40 years old. We respect you. We like you, but we're not going to be able to play you every night because clearly at the end of the year, last year, you know, you started to fade and it's going to be, you know, it'll be at the cost of your consecutive game streak. And maybe he'll say, okay, well, I'll go someplace else to finish out my career and do that. You know, maybe, maybe not, maybe the, maybe the street doesn't matter that much to him, but you know, the, the, the big thing with him is it's a, you know, it's a $6.25 million cap hit. Um, he gets a bonus paid on July 1st. And I think it was Elliot Friedman that reported the bonus is split into two, into two parts. So simply trading him after July 1st will not save a team that he is potentially traded to a bunch of money because it's only going to save them maybe a million and a half dollars where another bonus is due to him in December. So mm. they structured, they structured this deal so that he wouldn't be traded unless he wanted to be traded. And it would be at, at the cost of the, at the, Leafs and and the team that acquired him. So I mean, it just to honestly say it, nobody knows what's going to happen with Patrick Marlowe. Maybe not even Patrick Marlowe knows what's going to happen with Patrick. Marlowe. I think Marlowe's going to get to training camp and um, love training camp, but realize that his best days are long past, and that this is a season where it's going to be a little bit more ceremonial than productive for him. But you know, you should still treat your 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 veterans and the guys who've helped to create the game and make it what it is today uh, with respect he's the kind of player and member of a franchise that needs to be handled with uh, fragility and with care 
and, res- and respect and respect guys like yeah. William Nylander who have really should have the world by the balls and have all the talent in the world need to have their feet held to the fire. Let's go time to play, baby. Let's go do your thing. The older guys, uh, they're on their way out. And, um, you know, maybe Patrick Marlowe joins Ron Hainsey on that Viking river cruise. It is a couple's cruise five by three excited about the Marlies. Which players do you see having the best chance to make the big club next year? Oh, the combo shirts freaking. We talked about Jeremy Brocco. He's got to be a guy who gets a good crack at making the Leafs roster next year. Callie Rosen, Timothy Lilgren, Rasmus Sandin, Mike. I'm excited for the future. Yeah, I mean, uh, all the names that you mentioned, although Lilgren had a bad game in game two, minus four, but I still think he's he's going to be uh, – he's going to have a chance to make the bottom pairing with, with, a, with a good training camp. I, I'm not sure, even though Sandin has been mm-hmm. great, I don't know if they want to put a, a 19 19- – year old going on 20 and into uh into the into the nhl um at forward i think you know brocco but brocco is going to be dependent on whether a nylander a jansen or a kapanen get traded they have to basically have to create mason marchment um mason marchment definitely uh maybe igor korshkov maybe pierre engvall pierre engvall has played center for them he's six five he's quick um, he's been, you know, he's not a tough guy, but he, he uses his size effectively to me. He's already much better than Freddie Gauthier will ever be. And they might, and you know, even though center is sort of a new position for him, he's played very well there. I, I could see, I could see Engvall making this team as a fourth line. <laughs> I love Pierre Engvall because he's so lanky. He's got that long neck. You wouldn't need a name or a number mm-hmm. on his Jersey and you know, who he is. And he's been through the grinds of these Marley's playoff runs. Man, the least forward situation is pretty tantalizing for other teams if you're looking to, to pick players from Toronto to bring into your situation. But do they have what the Leafs need, and that's defense, to send back in return? Our good friend Michael Angelo covers the Maple Leafs and the NHL for featured Fungo Sports as well as HockeyBuzz.com. Just so you know, guys, I might uh, send along some car stuff from time to time. I've joined my friend. Uh, who runs Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario, Canada. I'm a sales and leasing consultant there now. So I'm making the money in the professional realm, and I am living the passion of talking about my favorite hockey team through the Leafs combo with my good buddy, Mike Agello. Michael, I hope you have a great, well, just average Monday in Chicktawaga, New York. <laughs> But your uh, big holidays coming up, Memorial Day, and we're going to do our thing on this Victoria Day long weekend and go to the local YMCA with the kids. Have a good one, buddy. Thanks, Norman. We would like to thank Vanguard Northeast Realty in Scarborough, title sponsor of the Leafs Convo, demonstrating passion for the industry and a superior level of excellence in selling, leasing, and marketing your property. Vanguard Northeast Realty.